0: Good morning. This is great because it gives you the pastor the opportunity to mop up after me. That's actually what's going to happen here. How are you this morning? How are you this morning? I, um, I honour you that you're here. I honour you that you're in God's house where you need to be. We need to be under the sound of the Word in this season. And so the title of my message this morning is Unleashed. So you're going to, I try very hard to preach pastoral words, and it never works for me. And so I have to go back this morning to who I am, which is someone that brings breakthrough. Are you ready? And um, I only wrote this yesterday. This is hot off the press, what I feel what God is wanting us to do and be in this season. Is that good? So um, right at the beginning, do you remember... It almost feels like it's yesterday, but it's two years ago. Right at the beginning of this awful season, I wrote a message. I was living in the United Kingdom at the time, where I had been for 29 years. And um, this season, you all know what I'm talking about. I don't want to name it because I'm sick and tired of it. (laughs) And I wrote a message right at the beginning of this season uh, called Stockholm Syndrome. Uh, where God was really challenging me to challenge His people not to become a people that developed a strange affinity and almost sympathy with the season that they were living in. And so I preached this message a couple of years ago and I went back to it yesterday and, and God really spoke something into my heart. He said, my people are no longer in the place that they want to associate with it. Because Stockholm Syndrome is where someone is held captive. There was a famous heiress called Patty Hurst who um, was held by her captors and ended up, ended up becoming a bank robber like her captors. And so she developed a sympathy with her captor. And so perhaps through, through the first year of this season, I'm sick of calling it anything else, Right at the beginning of the season, I was just really prophesying into the atmosphere that we wouldn't be a people that would develop a strange sympathy and empathy with the season that we were in. You know, the children of Israel did that, didn't they? They developed an affinity with their season. And even when they left Egypt, they said to Moses, why did you bring us out of that place where they made bricks and worked in hard labour for us to die in the desert? They almost wanted to go back to where they were. But it struck me as I was preparing yesterday that people don't want the association anymore. Is anybody with me this morning? People don't want the association anymore. And um, as I was thinking about it yesterday, I I realised that I was now 55 and it was 53 when it started and I felt like I was still doing Groundhog Day. Anybody else? It's sort of like, deja vu round and round and round about. And I've done it one more time than you because I did it all in the UK as well. And it's almost like we have become spiritual pygmies that we haven't grown in the last two years because we sort of feel tied to the altar of where we were before we started this whole thing. And so I began to just dwell upon that yesterday. Do you know, natural things sometimes really precede spiritual things. And if you know this week, the borders were brought down between our states. Hallelujah. My son lives in Sydney. He He came for Christmas, went back, wanted to come back again and spent 15 hours finding an RAT test in Sydney. He found one and he's been back for another five days and just gone back again. But the borders went down. Now you might think, well, that's nice, but it's significant in the spiritual realm because I'm believing borders and barriers are coming down in the name of Jesus. I'm speaking over your future today in Jesus' name that God's gonna do something very significant. He wants to take us out of the cage that we've lived in. Sometimes we feel a little bit paralysed by our pasts, frozen by our presence and unaware how to capture our future. And my prayer this morning is that once again, God will equip us with the ability to take hold of the future. Because I don't know about you, I don't want to do COVID Groundhog Day. One more time, thank you very much. I want God to grow and speak into me this morning what He has for me and what He has for your house. Are you leaning in this morning, church? I feel very strongly that God's going to help you today, that He's going to put faith back into your spirit, A word of faith, belief that God's going to do something very powerful this year. This is a new year. It's not a rehash. Is anybody with me? For faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. So I sense this morning, just in this 30, 35 minutes, that God is going to untether you. That God's going to take you off almost that treadmill. It's like when you're running in water and you're going nowhere. And God's gonna untether you and unleash you as you leave this place this morning in Jesus' name. So I don't know about you, I don't wanna be tied to a previous word. I wanna be tied to the God word for my life for now. And so I went to this story from Genesis 25 and it's the story of Abraham and Isaac. When Abraham was told by God, to take his son Isaac to the top of the mountain and to tie him and to to bring him as a sacrifice. So I'm going to read to you this story that probably some of you haven't read since you were in children's church. (laughs) So Genesis 22, verse 9 to 18. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and he arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you've not withheld from me your son, your only son. And Abraham looked up. And there in the thicket, he saw a ram caught by its haunts. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time. And I said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sands on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. So many of us had uh, hopes and dreams and visions and things we wanted to do about our future. And over the last two years, we have found ourselves to some extent strapped to an altar. And we feel like we're bound by cords that have strapped us to a past season. And we don't know how to get a hold of what God's got for us. And you know, even as I was writing this, um, and, and I actually woke up at 4.30 this morning, if I'm looking a bit rough. And, um, and I was just, I was thinking about it. And, and the Holy Spirit said to me, Jen, you're preaching to yourself. He said, Jen, you're trying to build a future here based upon who you were two years ago. And my intention for you is that I make you a completely new person. And, and the problem we have at times is we try to build the God future Still strapped to the altar of what God has had for us before. And God needs to give us the keys to untether us and to unleash us. Who wants to be unleashed? Yes. Yes. I, you know, I just want to be unleashed. I don't want to be like an animal. You know those animals that they put them in a cage when they're little? And then they remove the cage, and the animal still only walk, walks. The distance that they thought was there, the barriers had come down, but they had stayed strapped to the altar. It's like we find ourselves tied to a previous season, and a previous word. Let me relate this in my life. So, for seventeen years, I ran a charity, and, and you heard when I was here last. For seventeen years, I ran this charity, and we we rescued thousands and thousands of victims of modern day trafficking and looked after them and took them through the the courts and got their traffickers convicted and loved them back to life and led them to Jesus. And what a privilege it was. And I came to Australia thinking that was my future because that is what I'd always done. And I've begun to realise that in my head and my heart, I was building my future on something I'd done before where God had shut the season. And I sense in this season that God wants many of us to launch with new vision, with a new word. Not a wait around and and think that God is going to do what He did before, He's going to do something new. Is anybody with me this morning? I was strapped to a season without realising that it sounded stale and rotten from my lips now. The anointing for that season had lifted and I was still either strapped to that altar or being the one that strapped others to that altar. (laughs) How do I get off the altar? Are you leaning in this morning? You've gotta see. Do you know what I find fascinating about the scripture? If you, you stop for a second, I'm just looking for a clock so I know the time. Where is it? It will be there. Will be there? That'd be great because apparently I have to leg it out here with a sprint, jump in a car, and like Batman, arrive in Morefield. <laughs> when Abraham got to the top of that mountain, that ram was in the thicket. It was already there. I don't. I don't think God plopped it down on a helicopter. It's up there now. I got it. (laughs) It was already there. But you know what? Abraham didn't see it. Because his eyes were only upon that which he was doing. His eyes were on his son, fair enough, strapped to an altar. But there was a ram already in the thicket and the provision for the miracle was right there. And we find ourselves attentive to the outcome of a stale season. I don't know about you, I've taken the news apps off my phone. Because I find myself strapped to the altar of what politicians and chief health officers are saying. Like I'm basing my life on it. like Jen, what's happened to you? You've strapped yourself down here. You're not even looking at what God is saying. We're so attentive to the outcome of a stale season that we don't lift our eyes to what God is doing. Do you know, i reminded just of that story, even of Hagar, when she was out in the desert and God opened her eyes to see that right beside her was a well of water, even though she was sitting there ready to die in the desert. You've got to open your eyes. Reminds me of my husband. So what happens with men is as we walk down the aisle, this was 14th of December, 1985. As I walked down the aisle, Dave lost his ability to find things. <laughs> he lost his ability to see. Are any many women... I'm a woman preacher this morning so I can stick up for the girls. There is a Dave look And there is a Jenny find. Jen, where are my keys? There. It's such a stupid illustration. But we find ourselves so locked to looking down and not looking at the miracle at the ram in the thicket that is right there. And I just want to encourage you in the most simplest way this morning to lift your eyes again. Take your eyes off the things that are trying to speak into your spirit and to suck the very life and vision and passion out of your life. And again, begin to look because your ram, your provision, your way through, it's there. It's in the thicket. The God of the miracle is right there. I pray this morning that the eyes of your understanding will be opened to see the height, the width, the breadth and the depth of the love of God. Are you with me today? And that you might understand the fullness of God's purpose for you. He's been honing you. He's been shaping you up. He's been placing new purpose and vision in you to release you in the coming coming season. It was all within what he saw. He looked up and he saw. Your future lies within your ability to look heavenwards to the vault of what God holds in the realms of the now impossible. So when I began to lay down what I'd done for 17 years, God began to place within me just in these last months, such a passion to raise up young women in ministry. Such a passion to just build build women, build women, build them up, build them up, create and fashion leaders. There's something inside me that wants to create women leaders that go out planting churches again. There's something inside me that wants to see thousands of churches planted again, that we would go back to our roots and that we'd begin to see the harvest. And if I hadn't unleashed myself from my previous season, I wouldn't be able to grasp the word of the Lord for my next. He's calling us again to directly unite ourselves, untie ourselves, to unleash ourselves from what is seen in the natural and adhere to the impossible realm that you can only see with the eyes of faith. What do you see? I really want to challenge you today. What do you see? What do you see? What what do you see today? Because God's got something right ahead of you that He wants to show you. You have to lift your eyes and see the ram in the thicket. What is your provision? How will God do that? He's your provider. He wants to do miracles. You've you got to see, He wants to touch the world. He doesn't want us to reflect the round in circle motion that the world is doing right now. He wants to give us future vision. So when we get the other side of this in a nanosecond in Jesus' name, you will be ready. Because the world is waiting for your voice. It's waiting for you to see what God has for you in the future. I'm trying so hard to be pastoral, but it never works for me. You've got to see there's a ram in the thicket. You've got to see your ram in the thicket, your way through. I, I pray today that I will stir up a passion in you to believe God again, to look to Him in this season, to, cry, to believe God, to wake up. Morning by morning, I lay my requests before you and I wait in expectation. I pray this morning that I would stir up within you again a faith desire to get hold of the things that are in the supernatural realm, to get hold of the things that you can't see with a natural eye, because faith is a substance. Faith is a substance that actually brings to birth that which God wants to do in your future. I pray that I would whet your appetite this morning for the miraculous, for the ram that's in the thicket that's waiting for you to catch a hold because you know the supernatural realm is more real than the natural. It's more real. It's more powerful. If you could look around this building right now, tens of thousands of angels. For there are more for you than there are against you. <laughs> if you could look, And see today the plans that he has for you. If you could only understand a tiny fraction of the thoughts that he has about you. The dreams he has for you. The joy he wants to put in you. You've got to see. And you've got to say. (laughs) I've got a little bit of a beef at the moment. Are you ready? I shall unpack it for you. And I confess, I Instagrammed. I was kind, but I Instagrammed. Now, as I share this, I'm not picking on anybody. So I'm not talking to you right now. I'm talking to everybody who hasn't made it to church this morning. I noticed Christians posting blow-by-blow accounts of their COVID illnesses. That's fine. But what was missing was the blow-by-blow account of the power of God and the provision of Christ meeting them right there and then. This is what I posted. I've, I've jumped the gun here, so i have just find it for you. I admit, I got a bit gnarly. This is what I posted. This is our moment to be a conductor of faith, to proclaim the one who overcomes the world, to deliberately choose that our mouths will be filled with actual truth that your mouth will proclaim the goodness of God to speak the Word of God out loud and into the atmosphere and to all you speak to. For this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, our faith in our mouths. I apologise for insta-bombing you all. (laughs) It's time to unleash the power of the Word of God in your mouth. Abraham called the place... The Lord will provide. It's what he called that place where he'd actually been strapped and tied his son down. He called that place the Lord will provide. What are we going to call the place right now that you're in? Are we going to call it difficult? Are we going to call it Mara, bitter waters? Or are we going to call it the place the Lord will provide? And we change the tenure and tone of the Word of God that's in our mouths because the Bible says the Word of God in your mouth is as powerful as it is in His. And so something in me in this season has risen up to be a woman that speaks the Word of God. More. I've met a lot of very, very, very dastardly Debbie Downers. That's what they call them in England. I don't know what you call them here. Even my brother, he's a, a male version. And my brother just said, excuse the um, quotation, because I'm not really sure in which part of the world what's what. He just said, Jen, we're all stuffed. This is my brother. <laughs> I thought that fills me with cheer, Rob. He said, yeah, I'm a, I'm a half full glass kind of guy. And I said, well, I, uh, he said, I'm a half empty kind of guy. And I said, well, meet your half full sister. We need to begin to put the Word of God on our tongues and unleash our mouths. What do we speak? I've told my family, it's quite small, it's my husband and my son. I said, I've got the Word of God for you this year. And the word over our family this year is joy. That's the word. I brought it out. This This is the word. So over Christmas, I developed a passion for buying Christmas decorations with the word joy on them. And I've left them up. I brought my son a mug with the word joy on. Now, either I'm just being a Christmas idiot or I'm actually taking a word and I'm proclaiming and prophesying. Okay, I've worked it out now. (laughs) I'm praying and prophesying the truth. What's the word that's going to be on your lips over your family? What's the word that's gonna be on your lips over this season? Mine's joy. I'm gonna laugh more this, more this year than I've laughed since I was 16 years old. I'm gonna p- play pranks on people. I, I'm just gonna get some joy back. And, and that's the word over my season. So watch out, pranks are coming. But what's the word of God on your lips over your season? What are you gonna say? Sometimes your words feel like they're salmon swimming upstream, but you've got to call it. You've got to call it. You've got to say this is the victory that overcomes the world, the faith of God and the Word of God in your mouth. Time to speak promise in a being. Is anybody still alive today? Time to speak a harvest of souls. Time to speak a word of provision, an arsenal of the willing. Speak it in a being. Time to speak inner being, line upon line of people on fire with God, living as living sacrifices. What are we going to proclaim with our mouths? We have a a wonderful person in our church and she's an absolute darling. But she always says it's not possible. So I've told her now that that I will never respond to it. In kindness. I said, if you say that to me, I will go dumb. I won't say a word. I said, when you change your sentence and say all things are possible, then we'll speak. That's not mean. That's called calling it out. Calling the best out of us. It's in you. It's in you this morning. Calling the best out of you. Time to speak promise. Untether your mouth from the previous altar (laughs) and attach it to what God really wants to do. To fill you with the power of God and mightily use your life. I know it's early on a Sunday morning for this but you can handle it because you're big kids. The last thing, what do you do? One thing I've worked out, one thing changes everything. So what have I done? I've hired a penthouse room at the top of the Hilton at the Surface Paradise. And Nina's coming as well. And i put out this thing that I wanted to raise up young women leaders. 35 places only. 28 are full. It's the end of February. I decided that I was going to do something. I was going to activate my faith. Please really listen. I'm I'm really intentional now. Place the ram on the altar. The unleash the promise of God. There's been a sort of a rumour going around that Church, don't you worry, I'm winding down. I'm ready to sprint. He's got this look of concern on his face. It's sort of that pastor's aged look. There's a rumour going around that God's going to radically change church and, and things are going to change. And, and all the pastors are sitting there thinking, what the heck? God spoke really clearly into my spirit this week that all the church needs to do is a one degree change. Because when you change, when you move a cruise liner, or let's not call the church a cruise liner, let's call it a battleship. If you change its direction by one degree, it ends up with a completely different trajectory and a completely different destination. So how does that relate to us? What's the 1% change? What's the 1% thing that you're gonna do in response to this message that changes everything? Because sometimes the preacher gets up and does this word and we go away, well, that's too hard. Let's just go have some lunch. My challenge to you, God's church, Living Stones, today. Today. is that you find the 1% thing that you can change and you run with it with all your heart. If that's just being a more positive person, that's brilliant. But there's a harvest for your life. There's a ram in the thicket and you've got to move towards it in Jesus' name. The one degree change that will unpack God's intention for you The one degree word you have dismissed. The one degree change you will walk out with today that unlocks the stars, the inheritance, and the legacy. There's a new season that God wants to tether you to. You do the unleashing and allow God to lead you in a promise. I'm reaching for the ram in the thicket. I'm reaching for the promise of God again. What do you see? What do you say? What's your one degree? Don't be the lamb on the altar when there's a ram in the thicket. May today be known as the day where the Lord provided, in Jesus' name, amen.